Welcome to 15 Minutes to Wellness by the American Council on Exercise. I'm Dr. Michael Mantell, the ACE Senior Fitness Consultant for Behavioral Sciences and your host for this series. My goal today and for every podcast in our series is to discuss some small steps you can take to help you better your life and find happiness through optimal health. In each of these podcasts, I'll be interviewing a leading health and fitness expert, someone who's making a difference and who can make a difference in your life. I also want to welcome the hundreds of thousands of folks searching for positive ways to make fitness and nutrition a part of their daily, hectic, busy, tight, and budgeted lives. I'd like everyone to join me now in welcoming Dr. John Rady. Dr. Rady is an associate clinical professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School, and of course, he's a best-selling author. He's written some terrific books. In fact, before we began, I was telling Dr. Rady that if you look at the bookshelf right next to my bed, his book, Spark, The Revolutionary New Science of Exercise in the Brain, which he published in 2008, sits literally right next to my bed. Dr. Rady has also written the groundbreaking ADHD, Driven to Distraction series, The User's Guide to the Brain, The Neuropsychiatry of Personality Disorders, published back in 1994. I remember that book very well, and Dr. Rady, thank you so much for joining us on 15 Minutes to Wellness. We have lots to talk about. Great. I'm glad to be here with you. Thank you. Hippocrates, the father of preventive medicine, said that eating alone won't keep a person well and that he also has to exercise. And that food and exercise obviously possess opposite qualities, but work together to promote health. When I read that quote, I think that you, Dr. Rady, could have said that. I believe that. Uh, And in my new book, I take up the issue of food. The book is called Go Wild, and it will be out this next month or so. Uh, but exercise for sure. And Hippocrates went on to talk about the treatment of bad humors or bad moods and said that the best treatment uh, that he advises and wrote down 300 years before Christ, that it was to go out for a walk. And if the person came back and they were still depressed, he'd say, well, go out again and keep on walking. Uh, because this led to cure in many of the cases. And I think that's uh, indicative, really, of, of what we're seeing today. It's taken this long for the American Psychiatric Association this past year to acknowledge that fact and uh, finally put it on the docket as a uh, treatment for depression. Uh, That's after many, many studies have been done, uh, particularly since the 80s, good scientific studies showing that exercise uh, in a sedentary person's life is is as good as uh, one of our antidepressants in treating depression. So we know a lot about exercise and and how it can affect the mood, uh, the psyche, and uh, optimize our ability to think and learn. In your new book, Go Wild, 
that will be coming out in June, you describe scientific evidence for why a lifestyle that's more like our ancestors than our children will restore our health and wellness. I know you can probably talk about this for hours. Tell us a little bit about Go Wild and what we can expect to learn from the book. Well, there, as I mentioned, we talk about uh, ways that our genes are sort of set up for us to be. Uh, they, our genes evolved over as hunter-gatherers over half a million years, and it's only been 10,000 years that we've been farming and uh, having larger groups. So we, we address this and talk about uh, the problems that we're seeing throughout the world with health care and uh, both physical and mental health problems that have arisen, and look at some of the ways of perhaps fixing it by changing our diets, uh, getting into uh, paying attention to our high glucose loads that we are getting both with all the sweets and sugars, processed food, but also all the grains that we take in. Then, of course, I talk about exercise and its, and its tremendous effect at uh, keeping our bodies and brains uh, in an in equilibrium. I understand from a study done at the Mayo Clinic that obese men are physically active only four hours over the course of a year, and obese women get only one hour of activity over the course of the year. I'm sure we have a mutual friend in Dr. Walter Bortz, and Dr. Bortz says more important than the heart, lungs, liver, kidneys, the most important part of the body when it comes to longevity are the legs. I know you agree with this. I do, and it's great that mo uh, most people have legs that can work and, and they can walk on uh, and, and, and then run on. And I think there, that's a very big uh, way of getting enough exercise to keep us uh, moving and to keep our bodies and especially our brains intact um, as well. And, and uh, we, just to finish off, we talk in the book about uh, sleep, nature, being in nature, uh, connection, which is key and crucial, being mindful and working together in small tribes and the, 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 what we call vitamin C or con uh, for connection. Being connected to one another is so vital. And we've lost a lot of that through our social media and through our digital world that we're immersed in. You've written a terrific article that I read just last evening. Exercise is the most powerful tool we have to optimize our brain functioning. You believe that exercise gets you smarter, and that's why you're so involved with it. Talk a little bit about this. Right. Our brains evolved to make us better movers, and that's what people don't get. Uh, and what I didn't realize until I started doing a lot of research for my book, that, ex that our brains evolved and got bigger during this half a million years as hunter-gatherers when we are moving anywhere from 10 to 14 miles a day. If they have, it, our big brains evolve to help us be better planners, better organizers, better evaluators, better predictors. We used those same nerve cells that evolved to help us be better movers to think. So there's an intimate connection between moving and using our brains to think, to learn, to remember, and to perform. 
Uh, also, we know that exercise creates the right kind of environment in our brains for our cells, our 100 billion brain cells, to grow in. And what we know about learning is that the only way we learn anything is if we have brain cells grow and change, and they sort of grow the information into our brains. Thirdly, I think we've learned since 1999 that we humans are making new brain cells every day, and nothing increases the number of new brain cells that we make like exercise. Nothing that we do, no drugs, uh, no activities, uh, has the same kind of terrific power of improving our brains to learn. We know that back in the 1990s, uh, a geneticist here in La Jolla at the Salk Institute, Fred Gage, found that exercise cultivated the growth of new neurons in mice. Um, It seems to be the wonder drug. Uh, whether it's anxiety or depression or obesity, exercise is medicine. Uh, Yet at the same time, we still have so many people, clients of trainers uh, of the American Council on Exercise, clients of our health coaches, uh, people who are seeing mental health professionals uh, arguing about this and not believing this. So what, what do you say to health coaches and personal trainers whose clients come back and say, I'm doing all this exercise, but my psychiatrist says I just really need to take Zoloft? Right. Well, I would say to uh, to evaluate how they're feeling, and then begin uh, uh, working with their their doc to educate them about the powers of exercise. Uh, it, if they are in an undepressed state or their anxiety is lower, then uh, again working with their doctors uh, and educating them to the to the point because a lot of MDs don't know about the uh, many effects of exercise on our neurotransmitters, on our uh, endorphins, on the endocannabinoids, on uh, all these factors that exercise increases in our brain, and especially one that I called miracle growth for the brain, or BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor, uh, that people, uh, medical people just aren't, aren't as aware of the science of exercise as they need to be, so that Sometimes you absolutely need to use medicine. Uh, I use it all the time, but uh, even in people who are exercising, but most of the time uh, they need less or they they need it not at all if they get into a high degree of uh, a fit state. You've said that depression is an erosion of connection. Can you talk more about that? Right. Well, in life, it's easy seeing people pull back and pull away and sink back into their their depressive cocoon. In in the brain, what happens is that over time, in a depressed state, your cells retract. They pull back, just like the person pulls back from his connections in the world. They pull back from connections to connecting to each other, and in some cases, do erode. And what we see when there's a change in the depression, when either they use medicine or use exercise, you see a reflowering of the nerve cells and uh, a remaking of the nerve cells to uh, make the better connections uh, once again. So I'm wondering what suggestions you have 
for specific exercises to help with anxiety and cognition and mood swings and obesity and the kinds of things that we've been talking about. I know that high-intensity interval training is getting a lot of attention now. Uh, What about long-range running versus training versus group exercise? What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are that their evidence shows they all work. Uh, they all are good. They all are better than sitting. From yoga and tai chi up through uh, other kinds of balance efforts uh, to resistance training and finally to aerobic exercise. And as you mentioned, there's the high-intensity uh, intervals that perhaps are the, the favorite today amongst cardiologists and as well as it has the most powerful effect on Uh, affecting the brain as well uh, in so many more positive ways than aerobic exercise itself. However, the best kind of exercise, I think, is uh, because of all the additional benefits one gets is to exercise outside with somebody, doing something that's not just uh, plodding forward and running ahead, but doing something where you're challenged. Uh, either coordination-wise or uh, challenged by changing landscape uh, rather than running on a treadmill. That the, the, the science shows that uh, these factors make a difference on their own. Added together, you're power-packed. Trainers at the American Council on Exercise focus on agility and coordination, endurance and strength, and balance as key areas in fitness training. You've made a very strong statement in saying that the best exercise is to be done outside and with someone. Just go for a walk. Uh, It makes it very clear when you say it that way. Right, right. And and, uh, boy, do I talk about balance and agility and and, uh, training up that the balance part of the brain because it's, it's in fact the easiest part of the brain to change, to train and change. And yet what, what I mean by that is that you can really change, train up your coordination. And this has a big effect, not only on your physical coordination, but on the coordination of all of our brain systems. Uh, we're knowing so much more about how important balance and coordination is to sustain our, our brain sim- systems and uh, by f- physically changing uh, our, our physical coordination, we have an effect on things like attention, social skills, reading, learning, all the things that we as humans are, are involved in. Balance of those systems uh, in part comes from physical coordination balance. As I mentioned when we began, Dr. Rady, we have so much to talk about. So in our next episode of 15 Minutes to Wellness, I'd like to continue our conversation with you to talk about ADHD, stress, workplace wellness programs, and dig a bit deeper into how exercise not only changes the body, but the brain as well. I hope all of you will join us next week for part two of my interview with Dr. John Rady. I'd like to thank all of you listeners who've joined us today. And as always, I encourage you all to subscribe to the podcast and continue your journey to health and fitness by visiting acefit.com 
where you'll find everything you need to live your most fit and healthy life. You can explore literally thousands of healthy recipes, health and fitness videos and articles, workout plans, health programs, and creative ways you can get yourself and your family moving, and really expert insight on a wide range of topics. So join me next time on 15 Minutes to Wellness, which you can find at acefit.com slash fitcasts. I'm Dr. Michael Mantell, thanking you for being with us on 15 Minutes to Wellness. Wellness.